can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. Hey everybody, welcome to Testing Thursdays with Wayne. Again, I hope everybody had a wonderful week and and as I'm recording this, uh, the hurricane is approaching the west coast of Florida, so uh, please everybody down in that area, stay safe, don't try to ride it out, um, get yourself and your families uh, in a safe area and we're praying for you up here in the mid-Atlantic. Um, Today's going to be a little bit different, as you can tell by the title of the video. I can see clearly now. Uh, we got a tech question from Sabrina. And it is probably the number one tech question I got for years answering tech questions. Years. Decades. Yeah, let's go decades. It's been that long. Okay. What was the number one question? My pool is cloudy. How do I fix it? What happened? Oh boy. I could spend days talking about cloudy pools because there's so many reasons that a pool could be cloudy. Um, let's let's talk about it. Uh, not only cloudy, but, but how to clear it up if it's a certain way. <coughs> well, right off the bat, when you're talking about cloudy pools, you have to break it down into two categories. The first one is, was the cloudiness caused by a chemical reaction or was the cloudiness called by something working with the equipment? So let's talk equipment first, okay? Um, when you're talking cloudy pools and equipment, you're talking usually now about uh, uh, filter issues or the lack of filtering issues. Maybe that's the best way. There comes a point in the life of a filter, <coughs> regardless of what kind it is, that you either have to clean it, backwash it, or replace it. Um, generally speaking, sand filters are good. Residential sand filters are good for, oh, seven-ish years. Uh, commercial filters a little less because, obviously, they're larger and bigger bather volumes and things like that. But um, if you see your water continuously cloudy, even though you have a sand filter and you know it's been in there for a while, more than likely the, the, the sand in the filter has channeled. And what does that mean? Well, um, the sand itself is is rough and, and, and that's what helps trap all the particles. But, but much like water over pebbles in a river, the pebbles will smooth out and so will sand. And as the sand granule smooths out, it no longer traps. So the water just kind of sloughs straight through in a straight line and an open channel from the top to the bottom. There you go. And therefore, you don't get any filtering. Now, of course, we all know that broken laterals can cause sand return back into the pool, but that's not cloudiness, but that's there. 
Also, you need to talk over turnover rates. Uh, generally speaking, six to eight hours is what's recommended. Uh, anything too fast or too slow, then you're going to get ineffective filtration. Uh, so you're going to get that cloudy pool. Um, also, you have to check to make sure your skimmers are clear um, or, or cleaned out. You know, the, the, the basket, uh, the pump basket has to be emptied every now and then. Um, so, you know, it's, it's all a matter of common sense here, people. Okay. Uh, also with, um, um, the equipment side of answering the question, um, you have to look at, uh, you know, how old is actually the old, all equipment. If it's been, if it's really, really old and needs to be replaced, replace it. I mean, I can't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not as familiar with equipment issues as I am with chemistry, but you know, common sense tells you certain things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, uh, as far as equipment, you want to take, again, a look at turnover rate. Uh, you want to look at the kind of filtration you're working at, uh, how often you backwash or how often you might backwash too much or too little, etc. Now, when it comes to chemistry, and here's where I start wringing my hands going, <laughs> okay, you have to go through, um, uh, you have to take measurements, you have to take a test of the water, and you're going to have to test everything. Uh, and what do I mean by everything? Well, the, the common parameters, so you're talking alkalinity, pH, hardness, things of that nature. You're talking sanitizer levels. The, the Even though it, it's not the major cause, you still have to test TDS uh, because if the TDS level is too high, it can contribute to cloudiness. More murky water, dull-looking water than cloudiness, but it can contribute, okay? You also have to find the temperature of the pool. Why, Mr. Wayne? Well, I'll tell you, Mr. Wayne. Remember, I've told you many, 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 many times that the hotter, the warmer the water, the greater the propensity for calcium to come out of solution and cloud the pool. Repeat that. Cloud the pool. So if you like your pool water warm, like 85, 90 degrees, hello, cloudy pool. Okay, you got to keep it within, well, yeah, there's a comfort issue. Okay, yeah, I get it. I like a slightly warmer pool myself, but I'm talking like in, in the low 80s. Uh, I'm not talking, uh, you know, 85, 90, 95, you know, technically a, a, a cold hot tub. Uh, but yeah, the, the warmer the water, the more it can contribute to cloudy water. Second thing is high total alkalinity. What's high? Well, let's talk. We all know that 80 to 120 parts per million is considered the ideal range for total alkalinity. And we also know that 60 to 180 parts per million is the acceptable range for total alkalinity. Well, what happens if my total alkalinity is greater than 180? Hello, cloudy water. Okay, the higher the alkalinity above 180, the greater that it's going to contribute to cloudy water. Remember that. So those of you who keep their, their alkalinities above 180 or their incoming water is really, really high, as it is the case in some parts of the country, um, you have to be aware of that and treat it appropriately. So high total alkalinity can contribute to cloudiness. High pH can contribute to cloudiness. Let's go over that. Gee, it sounds like we're talking about water balance, Mr. Wayne. Well, yeah, we are in a little way, Mr. Wayne. So 
God, I'm talking to myself now. So high pH can contribute to cloudy water. What's high pH? Well, kitties, boys and girls, we all know that ideal pH is 7.4 to 7.6. That's been pretty much permanently, you know, burnt into our brain cells. Acceptable is 7.2 to 7.8. Anything greater than 7.8 will contribute to cloudiness. Okay. May not be the primary cause. Could be but also will darn contribute to the cloudiness, okay? So we've got uh, alkalinity, we've got pH issues, and what's next? Oh, calcium hardness. Hello. Oh, boy, here we go. Here's the culprit. Calcium hardness. We all know 200 to 400 parts per million is the ideal range. As far as an acceptable range, at the low end, it's 150, and there really isn't any high upper acceptable limit because of the differences, the significant differences in calcium harness readings in makeup order, depending upon what part of the country you are. But generally speaking, if your calcium harness reading is greater than 800 or 1,000 parts per million, it's going to be a fact that your water is probably going to be cloudy from the get-go, okay? Now, so, and, and again, add to that, the hotter the water, the more calcium comes out of solution. So if you're keeping your calcium harness readings on the high end of not good, um, and you add to that the fact that it's warmer water, uh, hello soup, basically. <sighs> okay. So, you know, keep, them, keep calcium harness low. What else do we have? Well... Uh, believe it or not, some some other things that you might test for, you might test for in water that can contribute to cloudiness. Uh, not just the individual parameters I, I've already talked about, but you know combinations of those parameters. So hello again, water balance. Um, actually, high phosphates can contribute to uh, cloudiness. So, what again is high phosphates? Well, generally speaking. Um, most, uh, most of us in the industry recommend that if your phosphate level is greater than 125 parts per billion, you should be removing it. Now, uh, the problem is, is that sometimes you don't have any control over this because I do know of some municipal water systems in the country where automatically the phosphate level is several hundred parts per billion right from the get-go, because they use that as a corrosion inhibitor. I get it. And, and as I've told you all before, Baltimore City Water has a little bit of phosphate in, in their in their system. And I'm talking a little bit. I'm talking around 100 parts per billion. So it's there. But when you get up into the upper ranges, it can contribute to cloudiness. Well, how do you get up into the upper ranges? Well, because the stupid people who landscape around pools particularly those dreaded thing called lawnmowers um, that, you know, they, they, they cut the grass. And, of course, it blows right into the pool water. Of course, they don't care. You know, they're cutting the grass. They're not treating the pool. You know, uh, runoff from fertilized uh, uh, plant beds um, and anything, high-end pools that are, that are very, very well landscaped. You know, it can come from all sources, all kinds of sources, excuse me. So, you know, a, a very high phosphate level can contribute to um, uh, uh, cloudiness or combinations of everything of the above. And okay, let's look at some other things. Uh, here's one. Do, do, what do you think, people? 
Do you think nettles contribute to cloudiness? No, because remember, metals, uh, most common, copper and iron, um, when they're present in recreational water, the water becomes discolored, but it stays clear. Ding, 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 ding. I've told you all this before. Did you listen? I'm wagging my finger at you. Um, remember, if the discoloration is clear, it's usually metals. If the discoloration is cloudy or murky, then it's algae. Okay. Which leads to a discussion about sanitation. Okay. So, poor or little sanitation will absolutely contribute to cloudiness, plus all of the above stuff that I talked about. Okay, so it's it's not you know metals don't don't do anything or don't well they do but they they don't uh, wor- they don't uh, cause cloudiness in and of themselves, but algae does um, and can cause big time cloudiness issues compared uh, when combined with some of the other issues that we've been talking about. So we've got ineffective sanitation. So whether you use chlorine or bromine or using a chlorine generator to produce hypochlorous acid, chlorine, um, um, doesn't matter. Um, I've also found that a lot of pools that are on PHMB, which is polyhexamethylene biguanide, uh, commercial names you might be more familiar with, like Bacwasil, uh, Bacwa Spa, things like that. That is the the third sanitizer, um, the third product that's classified as a sanitizer by the EPA. Um, chlorine and bromine are the other two. Now, PHMB is is technically considered to be a microbiological control agent. Um, you know, red is not red. Red is a combination of two different colors, blah, 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 blah. Anyhow, I'm kind of wandering. Back on track, Wayne. So uh, if you don't, if you're dealing with PHMB and you don't follow the instructions on how to deal with it to the letter, then it can contribute to cloudiness. Um, and then people go, oh, I got to shock the pool, so I'll add some chlorine. Well, that's obviously a big mistake because when you add a halogen, pretty much you add anything but hydrogen peroxide to a pool that's using PHMB, you've you've created a monster. You've created the blob. You've created what looks to be like strings of snot floating in the pool because PHMB is pretty much incompatible with everything but hydrogen peroxide. So that's what you would use to shock it. Now, the problem with hydrogen peroxide is that I'm talking hydrogen peroxide at 30 to 40% strength, not the strength of hydrogen peroxide you get in the brown bottles at your local Walgreens or Rite Aid, or CVS, that's about 4 to 5%. I'm talking industrial strength, commercial strength, hydrogen peroxide, you know, 30 to 40%. That'll take care of it. So people mistakenly hear hydrogen peroxide, and they'll go inside the medicine cabinet and promptly pour that small brown bottle in the water, thinking it's going to help. Absolutely not. It's not going to help. So what's the issue? Uh, so we've got PHM, PHMB um, problems. Uh, what about some of the other things that you might test for? Well, you know, the, the, some of the other 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 parameters you, you might need to test for. Um, cyanuric acid. Here's another one. Does high cyanuric acid cause cloudiness? Well, actually, no. 
Um, we all know that, you know, cyanuric acid has come under fire of late as far as what's the ideal level. Um, it's been 30 to 50 parts per million is the ideal level for decades. Uh, within the past five-ish or six years or so, um, there have been other um, suggestions that say you need to keep 7.5% of your cyanuric acid level as chlorine to be effective. Some say 5%. Well, the, the whole issue is that at, at really high levels of cyanuric acid, and what's a high level? Honestly, probably greater than 100 parts per million. Uh, does it contribute to cloudiness? And the answer is no. I have seen pools uh, that have had 400 parts per million cyanuric acid and higher be beautifully clear. So cyanuric acid does not, repeat, does not contribute to cloudiness at all. Um, it, and it's strange. You would think it would, but, it's, but it doesn't. So um, let's go over some of these parameters again. So high alkalinity, high pH, high calcium hardness, warmer water chemically, those are the biggies that can, can contribute to cloudiness. Um, Equipment-wise, you're talking about uh, too slow of a turnover rate, too high of a turnover rate. Um, um, your your filter is actually uh, too dirty. Uh, it could be too old. It needs to be backwashed, uh, things, things of that nature. There's actually a third um, little issue that can cause cloudiness, and that has nothing to do with equipment or chemistry. It has to do with people. In other words, bather loads. Um, you overload a, a pool with bodies. Yeah, you're going to have some problems here because I, it's obvious that the system is is overloaded and can't keep up with filtration and chemistry and things like that. And you're going to get all that crap that comes off of people's bodies because do we rinse off before we go in a pool? Hell no. That's why the pool is there. <sighs> Anyhow, I have... Brief, brief, brief story, brief story. Um, the community pool that used to be in my, uh, uh, not terribly far from me, it was about a 150,000-gallon pool, um, used to host annually the local Little League end-of-season party. So we're talking hundreds of kids ranging from five up to 17-ish, 16-ish, um, plus plus guardians and parents and brothers and sisters. I remember the one, the one, the one that I attended when my son was in the Little League. And there were so many people, I was actually scared by how many people jumped in the water all at the same time. It was literally body to body. Like you've seen in some of those... Um, videos on uh, TikTok and in Twitter and whatnot, or, or whatever it's called, X, um, um, where they're the, the, in Japan in like a big wave pool, literally the people are body to body. You can't even see the top of the water. There are so many bodies. This is what this pool looked like. The lifeguards and the management of the pool got scared, ordered everybody out of the pool, and then decided smartly to only have people in the pool based on their age range. So, like, um, um, the, the younger kids can go in for half an hour, and then they have to come out, and then the older then it would go up by age group, and 
you know, adults um, could have their own time, things like that. Because the the lifeguards, the three lifeguards, there were so many people who just couldn't. It, it was a safety issue and a liability issue, and so that was the only way they could they, they could do it. They and they did it for they, they did this for years, years, you know, until they finally until the pool finally went belly up. But that's a whole other story, uh, a whole other podcast. So, um, it, it it it's it's people that could be a problem. So. Um, you know, rinsing off before you go in a pool uh, or even a spa, um, again, is is, um, is the best practice to avoid stuff like this. Uh, do we do it? Of course not. Uh, should we do it? Absolutely. Uh, you have to make that decision. <sighs> so the second part of the question was, how do you clean it up? How do you clear up a pool? Well, I think I kind of told you. As I've been talking for the past 20-ish minutes or so, um, we all know how to treat high chemistry, uh, high, high chemical values, um, alkalinity and pH and acid hardness. You got to drain the water and refill it with water of a lesser amount. Algae, you got to kill it and remove it. Backwash it to waste. If it's a filter, change the filter, clean it out. Whatever needs to be done. You know, again, common sense kind of issues. Um, will will help clear up a pool. So the first step, I guess, is identify what's causing the cloudiness and then adjust appropriately and treat it and attack it appropriately. That's the best way to clear it up. So, Sabrina, thank you for your tech question. You will be receiving one of these fabulous fashion-wise, you know, flocket hats um, from Talking Pools. Um, someone will be in contact with you to get your address so we can get that right out to you. We greatly appreciate it very much. And everybody else is listening. We are uh, an open book. Uh, please send any tech questions you might have on any topic, not just chemistry, uh, but any topic related to, to, to pools and spas. Uh, please send that to talkingpools.com. No, that's wrong. Talkingpools at gmail.com. Talkingpools at gmail.com. That's right. Um, go ahead and send them out. And if you're selected to be discussed, uh, you will receive that lovely, lovely, fashion, beautiful hat. So take care, everybody. Have a great week. We'll be talking at you later. Bye-bye. Just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to pool Pool-Mageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 